Welcome to Learning with Lisa, Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast with Lisa Navarra, award-winning educator, consultant, behavior specialist, author, and parent. This podcast provides support for school leaders, educators, and parents. We share and discuss evidence-based resources that are embedded in social and emotional learning to meet the needs of students who struggle focusing and learning. Teachers and parents find information and strategies to improve students' academic, behavioral, and social-emotional performance. It's time to turn kids from I can't into I can. Has the way that you teach your students changed since you became a parent? Or if you're a parent, has the way that you treat your children or even parents changed since you've given birth to a child with special needs? Well, in today's episode of Student Success Beyond Expectations, we bring on Vicki Byrne. Vicki Byrne is a dynamic and inspirational human being. She is a music teacher that will light up every room, and I've seen it, and whenever she walks into it, and she is a mother of two children with special needs. So as you can imagine, Vicki has a perspective that has a wide reach in terms of being able to share her experience and insight with you. So thank you so much for joining us today, Vicki. Hey, thank you so much for having me here, Lisa. I'm so excited. So Vicki, would you share with us a little bit about your story, how you found out that you were going to be a mom, but not a typical mom, mom that was going to have to learn new ways of helping her baby, what you felt like during that time, and then how it led you to your journey and how it's changed you and the way that you treat your students. Sure, thank you for asking, Lisa. So um, I have been, I'm actually in my 17th year as an educator. And 10 years ago, my husband and I had our first child, Aiden. He was born with a congenital heart defect, um, some surgeries ahead, and he is now classified as learning disabled, which as many of us know, when someone can't see the disability, it's very hard to understand and for other children to even understand. Um, and then a few years later, uh, six years ago to be exact, we had our second son, Austin, and he was born with Down syndrome. Both children, we were given a prenatal diagnosis. So I think that was nice having the time to do research, which sometimes cannot be wonderful, <laughs> but- It could be um, scary, right? Yes, because yeah. the unknown is always scary. Right. And as soon as they were born, though, all that washes away and all these beautiful moments happen. Um, but not only did we have the time to research, we also had the time to reach out to organizations to get the support we needed. And one of the biggest organizations that helped us receive that support before uh, my six-year-old with Down syndrome was born, Austin, was DSAF the Down Syndrome Advocacy Foundation. And they are wonderful because they have new parent meetings. And that is where I met so many incredible people, some who I knew already, but I didn't realize they had a child in the Down Syndrome community. And that was really amazing because 
that was six years ago. And we still have such wonderful relationships together and play groups with our children. And I think having that support as a parent with any child with special needs, especially as a new parent is so important. Definitely. Um, over the past few months, we've now been introduced to Gigi's Playhouse Long Island that opened up and we're so excited. Um, not only does my six-year-old Austin love meeting new friends and participating in their um, amazing programs that are free to the community, and it's not just for children with Down syndrome, it's for children to young adults of all abilities. And I think that's really important for others to model for especially our little ones with Down syndrome. That's how they learn best from other models. More importantly, I get to bring our 10 year old, his big brother. I'm gonna try not to get teary eyed, I'm sorry. It's so wonderful. Really. He, gets, he gets to see his brother in action and how he enjoys everything. And he gets to meet other siblings that have siblings with Down syndrome. Yeah. And that means the world to us because my six-year-old is still minimally verbal. And I know my 10-year-old often wonders, you know, why is my brother not speaking to me more? I see all my friends at school, they're talking, they're siblings. It's just such a nice atmosphere and a connection. So as a parent, having two children and boys, they keep us on our toes. <laughs> um, We've been very lucky and fortunate to be able to reach out for the support we need and having these programs available. And it's such a different dynamic when you talk about siblings. We, we oftentimes think about our role as a parent and, and, and trying to navigate our own way, but really the same holds true for siblings. Absolutely. And how have how have you seen that Aiden and Austin interact with one another? How are they building that connection? Well, they have the many similar moments, like many siblings, where they fight and argue. Sure. <laughs> but when they calm down and they're sitting together, it's just so beautiful to see them hug each other. Austin always puts his arm around his big brother and he leans <laughs> in and, you know, they'll give kisses on the cheeks and, um, Oftentimes, my little one's biggest, I, I guess you could say, his biggest way to communicate with his brother in terms of play is by showing him his favorite show. He loves oh, right wow. now, he loves right now Peppa Pig because he doesn't have to verbally explain what he loves. And as much as we try to keep them off screens, of course, being a teacher is, <laughs> and me too, those are some of the moments where they get to bond the most. And then that is a kind of a springboard for their next activity. And they start talking more, oh, let's go do this, let's go do that. And um, it's nice to see those moments. Absolutely. And for your older son, what do you feel like he would need uh, in terms of support the most? Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one. Um, we've been blessed, uh, the school district we are in, we've received services for both of our children since they started attending school even before in early intervention. And that's been great. I think now him coming up to middle school is you know, very worrisome and challenging because children at this age are not as sensitive to differences. 
and they just need more education on it. And as an educator, um, that's very important to me. Um, I don't want to get off the topic. <laughs> you but- can't go anywhere you want with this because if it's calling you and pulling you, then it's important. So share with us. And um, a, a big part of in education, when Austin, who has Down syndrome, he was about a year old, we were shopping and I had my older son with us and we were in a store and a much older man um, who, who was foreign, he had an accent, came up and said, is he dumb? And I know my older son was in the wagon and I looked at him and I said, excuse me? And I said that at least three times and he kept repeating that. And I said, no, he's wonderful. And I just walked away. I didn't explain any more than that because I didn't know how to even in front of my other child who understood mm. what was happening. Thankfully, he didn't hear it. But from that moment, I knew, and, and that's when I went to school, I have this beautiful coworker who is another support of mine who also has a child with Down syndrome. And I said, I, you know, I, I wish there, oh, there was a way that children could and could grow up understanding more about differences, disabilities, and abilities, given that education more. And that's when my coworker and I started this wonderful program in our school um, based on this world-renowned slogan, Rock Your Socks for World Down Syndrome Day. We transformed it into Rock Your Socks and Celebrating Differences. And what we love about that is every month we get to celebrate a different ability or disability. And it's nice because it could grow in different directions based on the community of our students. And fast forward, we've been doing this for at least five years now. I love having graduates from the secondary level schools coming back and visiting or messaging us saying, oh, we're rocking our socks in school. Uh, So great. That's so great. It makes it so worth it. It's so great because these children go off and come back with stories. I was shopping with my family and I saw someone that, you know, had a wheelchair and I opened the door for them instead of pointing at them, you know, they're learning. Wow. And it's just so magical. And I think also having my own children, my oldest Aiden, being a witness to this new program and explaining to him why we're doing it. I think that has been a tremendous impact as well for him in learning about his brother as well. So what do you mean for the listeners here who don't know, what is Rock Your Socks? Oh. Like, that's what it's about, but what is it? <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry <laughs> for assuming. Great. Yes. Um, so Rock Your Socks is a, acts as a conversation starter. So when you're wearing mismatched socks and someone says, why are your socks different? Is that perfect moment for you to respond with because being different makes the world a beautiful place. And that's why we love it. Um, We currently do that for physical impairments, visual impairments, hearing impairments, autism, and Down syndrome. And what's great is we even love having the students within our community make an announcement or talk to them and share their success stories. I think oftentimes people look at others with disability or an impairment and think, oh, I'm so sorry. And that was often the reaction that my husband and I got when we had a prenatal diagnosis. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're having a child with Down syndrome. Oh, you know, and that was hurtful 
Yeah. And, and I know people didn't mean to be hurtful. They just right. didn't know what else to say. Right. So I think this is a nice way to invite others. Um, you know, how do you react? Well, they're a wonderful person like everyone else. They have such amazing abilities. Right, right. Think of it as abilities, not disabilities. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And you've already mentioned a whole bunch of them, how they like to share TV shows and put their arms around each other. And, you know, and there's so much to comment on for sure. And uh, so tell me now, I know I've seen you in action. <laughs> I have to tell you, if you're listening to us at this very moment, she broke out into song for you. You suddenly relax. Oh, I you're so just going to a whole another world. Or if she wants to be upbeat and, <laughs> and really jazzy or whatnot, and she's right there. I used to love when she would come into our classroom and she would let me stay and do my work in there. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and then I kind of held held my own because she said, Can you press? the button on to put the CD player. I'm like, good, I earned my keep now, you know? <laughs> but it was such an education for me because Vicky, she truly is. I mean, she's a show. She's a walking show. <laughs> she was split between buildings. She'd come in with her microphone. She'd come in with her bag of tricks and she'd put on a show, but it wasn't all about her. It was about the kids, but she was facilitating this magical musical education. And the way that she even worked within uh, my class with my students, because we had a, which is great to see. And I was extremely appreciate, appreciative of it. You know, we have a certain way of doing things, certain way of learning, and it's all centered around self-regulation. And Vicky from the start was very open to, okay, what do I have to say? So now I heard and suddenly heard Karen Tree in this like melodic way. <laughs> It was no longer like Karen Tree. It was just beautiful. I just wish I had a button that she said it instead of me all the time. Um, so, Thank but you. the fact that you were open to supporting our day-to-day -day functioning made such a difference. Because Vicky, as you know, special areas, music, phys ed, um, art, all of them, they're so important for, for children. And it's just as important that we all work together to make sure that those skills that we're teaching go in and out of both classes. Um, and I really felt like you were able to do that. Now, do you think that your openness and your style of teaching has been impacted from being a mom who has children with special needs? That's a wonderful question. Um, absolutely is the answer of, you know, going to college, getting trained as a music educator. Of course, we're given a class here and there on how to work with children with special needs. And it's wonderful, but no one truly understands until they're in it, right? And what's amazing is that we all know every single child, whether it's in a special education class or not, are so different and unique in so many ways. But I mean, I will say, I, I thought I was a great teacher then, but once I became a mom, it was like a whole new level of sensitivity of me understanding more of the way they processed things, especially for the children on, in the special education classes. Um, it was, it, they really sometimes 
Sorry about that, the beauty of technology. I get frozen here and there. But um, what I was saying is that um, being a mother now with children with special needs and going into the special education classroom, it is just so rewarding because I not only do I picture my own children as if they were in the class, but I'm learning from them too in so many ways. We, and from you other classroom teachers, I'm learning so many other things to bring home to my own children. And oftentimes I will definitely take things I do in my classroom as a music teacher home to my little one, Austin, because he loves music. That's how he communicates best because he's minimally verbal. He expresses himself through music. He loves music. And it's nice that I can see the different ways that he and other my students can process things. I think that has made me a much better educator that I am today. So you see different ways that they process things. And so does that mean that you have um, more of not only sensitivity, like you said, but also patience? Absolutely. Um, it also, since my children, it also makes me really stop and think before reacting often for behaviors, a lot of impulsive uh, behaviors. I really stop and listen and differentiate what I'm doing before my reaction. Be I think that has been learned through my children and also the patients I received from my children. So if we have new teachers who are studying to be, even teachers who are um, practicing now as educators in music or maybe student teachers or people thinking, I think I wanna be a music educator. When you say that you differentiate, mm -hmm. can you give them an example or two? Sure. I think it's so important as any educator is creating a lesson plan especially music educator, to picture where the class is in the room at the time, what formation the class is in, because they can't stay in the same formation the whole time. <laughs> and also, well, what if, the what ifs are so important to have a backup plan. What if this song or the music is too loud? What if this child can't, pro cannot be within the sound system I have without certain headphones? What if the video, a music video that I'm showing is too active? Um, so I'm always the what ifs in terms of sensory, I think is very important. Um, a fun example, a wonderful music teacher, always borrow things from each other. Sure. Um, one of my favorite lessons every holiday season, we learn about the Nutcracker. And we do a flashlight lesson, you might remember. Oh, I remember that, yeah. I loved it. It's so cool, I'm, everybody, you have to listen to this. Make sure you're listening. <laughs> so when students are learning about different patterns in music, one flashlight has maybe red, a color on the ceiling, and one flashlight is green with uh, cellophane paper inside. And they become ballet dancers on the ceiling with their flashlights. But before I do that lesson, one, I have to, stop and talk to the classroom teacher, maybe ask them, you know, do they have any light sensitivities? How do you think they might react to that? Or 
I also might have to think, well, what if I have a child with a visual impairment? How is this going to affect them? How are they going to also achieve my objectives if they're not able to really appreciate the visual stimulation from this activity? Um, so I think that is a good example. And I did have that in years prior. Um, and in, instead, you know, I had them actively listening in different ways. What if and it wasn't using flashlights, maybe they were using scarves because they could feel it and they could feel the ribbons. Um, so I think as a new educator, it's always important to think about the what ifs. I, that's a, that is a handful of not only communication strategies, but tactical strategies as a music educator. Yes. Are you making sure that things are ta tactile? You're bringing in different modalities. You're bringing in different sensitivities. And I really think that you'll get the most, as I've seen you've gotten out of my own students, the most out of them because all these different factors are being considered before, during, and probably reflected on even after you have the lessons. Yeah, thank you. Have you, have you ever had a lesson, Vic, that you're like, oh my goodness, this is something that's too much. I, I either have to change it. <laughs> I get bored really easily too. <laughs> People say, don't you sleep? Because I'm always involved in so many things. I get bored. I told and you she was dynamic and inspirational. <laughs> is she not? Yes. I, con I constantly am changing my lessons. I am not someone who's been teaching for 17 years doing the same lesson. Of course, yeah. I have my favorites, but I always try to change them up a little bit. But even when I have student teachers, you know, oh. sometimes I want them to see what it's like to do a lesson a few times and realize, you know what, this is going in the garbage. We're never doing it again. But what a right. great learning experience. Yes. How to dissect it and perfect it. Because if, if they're not leaving excited and enriched by music, that's a huge aspect right there. Now, take into consideration those objectives, that those main objectives. Well, if the lesson didn't achieve it, what am I doing wrong? How do I have to change it or throw it out the window? Because, you know, who says you don't have to do that song, get a different song that's going to get the objective you want. So. And I've seen your student teachers, they end up very quickly sounding like you, talking <laughs> like you. I'm like, what is going that's on? Them. They're just amazing. I've been very lucky. I've gotten some very good ones. In the yes, because they know who to gravitate to. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and it is, it's very important. And we want to do that too, as educators all the time, whether it be an, an instructional time of teaching a lesson, whether it be kids walking down the hallway in recess during dismissal, we always want to see what's working what's not working and how can we just make it better? I agree. If you have any advice for, for parents who just find, found out that they um, are carrying a child and it's not going to be a typical birth, it's not going to be something that they had expected, what type of advice would you have for them? I would definitely say, do not research on Google. Ah, scary. <laughs> oh, instead, yeah, ask around in your community or social media is so big now you can right. research on social media. Um, look for the support pages because there are so many, and that's how you find people that are living close to you that you can connect in person as well. 
the support is big. And at first, when you get a, especially a prenatal diagnosis, or even you're surprised at birth with a diagnosis, sometimes we close ourselves off and our days are filled with so much emotion and tears. And sometimes we need that positive light to shine the way for us because we just can't see it yet. We don't know, especially when the fear of the unknown, it's, it's hard to process until you're really there. So definitely the support. I think that's really, that's really wonderful. And we've spoken about before birth, after birth. Can you talk to me about what do you think, um, where do you think you and your family will be in the future? Even what do you see for your children in their future? Wow, that's, that's a big question. It that, is. Of course, there's that fear of the unknown again. Yeah. That's a, con that's a very uh, big hot topic with my husband and I. Okay. We reimagine our, our home, how we can change it if maybe Austin stays with us for a long time. You know, the basement turns into an apartment, so to say, or how, our, how his big brother might care for him when we're gone. Or maybe we're overthinking it and maybe they'll both go off in their own direction and not need us next to them. <laughs> we try to think of all different aspects of the, the spectrum, so to say. And um, we're, I've learned I have to take it day by day. Yeah. Because when I worry too much about the unknown, it's, it's just, there's no reason for it. Exactly. And you enjoy the time you have, you do the best that you can. You're involved in so many wonderful community-based organizations. Sounds like you have a great support system. And what would be Thank the first much. step, Vicki, for a parent who is wants help, doesn't really know how to ask for it, mm -hmm. what's the first place to go to? Well, you hear, see my name on here. <laughs> I, you can definitely reach out to me on Facebook. If okay. I might not be able to relate, maybe I can help point you in the right direction. Because I will say being a parent with, a ch with children with special needs, you meet so many wonderful people in so many different directions. Um, and my Facebook name is Tori Byrne, T-O-R-I. And if it weren't me, I still think, um, do a little search in, in social media or have a conversation with some people at, at your workplace or on the playground. Um, and you never know. I just heard recently heard a story from a close family. I met their new friends and how they met. It was amazing. They were all on Fire Island and uh, the father forgot his wallet in the oh. store. And he says to the owner, I'm so sorry. I just can't focus. You know, my, my son has autism and I'm so distracted. And the father, who's the owner, says, my son has autism too. Uh, and they just created a beautiful friendship. Yes. You know, um, I think it's really nice when you're in the community on a playground or wherever you may be and explain to a young child that's hesitant to play with your child. Explain to them, oh, he or she has and explain it on their level. Right. I, I, think, I think parents also appreciate that because they don't obviously want their child to be rude to another. They, they, they want to understand how to teach their own child to be sensitive to others. 
Right. And, and talking about it is so encouraged now. Yes. With an openness. Yes. yes. Whereas in the past, I'm not so sure it was encouraged to talk about things we didn't understand or things that maybe looked different. But now we're rocking our socks. We're wearing <laughs> socks that don't even match. We're like, come talk to us. We got you. You got us. We're together in this. I love it. And maybe another time I could bring my partner in crime on and we can explain more. We're really excited about it. Yes, I would absolutely love that. So let's plan that soon. So for all of our listeners here, I hope that you felt the energy that Vicky brings, the positive nature. And it's not easy, but she puts that smile on her face because we all need to be positive and think of every day as a gift, a gift to ourselves, a gift to those who are around us. And that's what I have found within Vicky. If you reach out to her, I'm sure you will find the same. I hope that you take some of the suggestions or experiences that Vicky has shared with you today and you use them, you consider them. Let's find out more about Rock Our Socks. Rock Your Socks. The next time that we see Vicky here on Student Success Beyond Expectations, Thank you so much for joining us. And Vicki, you are wonderful. I can't wait to see you again. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Student Success Beyond Expectations podcast, where school leaders, educators, and parents meet on behalf of children who struggle with learning. To bring workshops to your school or organization, contact Child Behavior Consulting and get started with resources available at childbehaviorconsulting.com, Amazon, and teacherspayteachers.com for ready-to-use resources and children's books. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to review, subscribe, share, and give us a shout out on social media.